Dude, I went to I went to McDonald's. I went. I got this sick toy. It's it's hungry, hungry hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos is still around. Yeah, that's dope. Like I like that you're playing both sides because you'll never have anyone to to play that. Well, with. I I can't even play it because all the balls are at the bottom. You should like go up to your mom and be like, "Hey, want to play some hungry, hungry hippos?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like the saddest thing ever in my fucking life. <laughs> What's good, man? It's your boy, Juicy J, man. Shout out to Virtual Homework Podcast. Welcome back to the Virtual Homework Podcast. We are at war. With with who? With Russia. Straight up. Straight up. You heard of the Cold War? What about the virtual war? This is the coldest virtual war there's ever been. Okay, so let me talk about the situation because <laughs> we are in the situation room. Wolf Blitzer's he's chilling in a corner. We need to talk about the beef. The beef that we all know today I'm pissed. as uh we need to talk about the beef that is GSPD. What the fuck is that? They are a Russian artist and while it may seem like coincidence their art for their newest album, which I cannot pronounce because it's acrylic, looks exactly like the art for our podcast. Okay, it's slightly different. They have pink involved. So I'm already buying my ticket to Russia. I, I don't know where they are in Russia. It's a big fucking country, but I'm just going to go to Moscow and hope I can find them. Like, yo, do you know where these people are? I mean, they are a relatively popular artist. They get multiple millions of, of really? views on YouTube, which I was surprised about. Also, I will say for someone who completely stole our art, their music kind of slaps. I was I was enjoying the one song I listened to. What, what so, kind of music is it? It's it's like donk Russian electro oh, pop. Man. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty dope. I will say thank you GSPD for turning me on to your music. However, you will be taken to war, and you might think, oh, this is a coincidence. This is a coincidence. It, it just looks, looks like, like our art. podcast. What if they're fans of us? Maybe it's a tribute. I mean, that's the thing. I was like, actually they're, they're informed of in this. Russian. I was informed of this today by the artist themselves for our podcast. And the reason for that is due to the fact that our podcast artist, they are actually a very talented artist. I think that the work they do, Pluto oh, is her name, yeah. is super awesome. But they live in Russia. They are Russian. So like they're like listening to music that they like would normally hear. And then they yeah, saw yeah, this yeah. and like, holy shit. So yes, it's still probably coincidence, but this so is getting like you? into the freaky realm. She contacted you? That's how you found out about it? Yeah, she just, she was just like, oh, this is really funny. I They stole your podcast art. But what like, I, I don't think there's actually anything nefarious at play. I will say we will get to the bottom of this, though. I, I, I booked us two flights to Russia. I hope you've been quarantining. Uh, well, I guess it doesn't matter because you're getting yeah, on a plane I, I, and going I will, to an I, I work every day in like a public place. I really can't <laughs> quarantine. But what Just if their entire yell. album is about our podcast? Like, they're like you know, their first song is about our first episode. The second one's about our set, you know? Yeah, it's a 40-episode album. I, I think that's not true because it's only 10, 10 songs, but they might have condensed a few. Yeah, four They might have skipped some song. shitty games. What I will say, though, is uh, pack your bags. We're going to Russia. Next episode, I know I always tell Dana, I'm always, like, emailing him, emailing him. I'm always DMing him at, like, 4 in the morning. We're recording here, and it's, like, a yeah, temple to, in, like, like rural Tibet. Or something. Yeah, so now it's going to be in St. Petersburg, Russia. I'm going to guess it's not going to be in Moscow. Fuck, no. that's too obvious. So they're going to go to St. Petersburg, maybe a little bit of Omsk, maybe a little bit of... Uh, 
I don't know, Volgograd. We're going to Russia. We're going to get there, to the is bottom there gonna of this. Is there going to be a connecting flight? Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that. The only other thing that I really had to talk about before we got into anything else, at the end of the last podcast, you went on a tangent regarding a video that got taken down from your channel, personal channel on YouTube. Do you Did you ever figure out what that was? Oh, no, I, I, it wasn't taken down. I'm just stupid. All right, there we go. We got to the bottom of this. <laughs> nine, nine times out of ten when I'm saying something like that, it's because I'm just fucking stupid instead of uh, actually knowing what's going on. Nine times out of ten, just don't trust Dana with literally anything he says. Like he, he calls games I like bad, and that's not allowed. So, Well, you, well, you, you talk shit about Hollow Knight, so, I mean. Yeah, opinions. well, speaking of games, speaking of games that are indie and well-received, what game did we play this week? Oh, my God. Did we play a monster of a game? A hellish of a game. We played a hellish hate. of a game. We played Hades. Yeah. Okay, we played I Hades. Mean, you know, it, it's a game that got didn't it get like game of the year at the Game Awards or like some shit like that. Last of Us Two swept the Game Awards, and I don't know. I haven't played Last of Us Two. I feel like it would be a little bit too AAA for me. I I personally think that I understand why this was a contender for Game of the Year. Did you actually know anything about this game going in? Well, I didn't know what it entailed. I just knew you kind of, like, beat shit up. But I didn't know the scale in which that kind of went on itself and, like, the specific details of how the physical game and story went. Like, I didn't know anything about it, so... Okay, yeah, so I I knew literally nothing regarding even gameplay. I knew it was a roguelike. Okay, so I, I knew nothing about the, like fine details of the gameplay yeah, i knew yeah, it was yeah. a roguelike and i saw the art style before we played it but i really came mm-hmm. into this game uh very blind and i had a lot of fun i don't know about I you loved, I, I i loved this game <laughs> but before we get into the game and how to play i'm gonna i'm just gonna give you a call out here why the fuck did you get this on pc and not switch it was cheaper okay that's, that's a fair <laughs> reason but like the thing is like i'm just imagining me having to play this on pc and i would have still enjoyed it but like the fact is like i played a shit ton of this game i i like i i, I, have I, not gotten... I played like 20 hours of this game yeah yeah i probably played about 20 hours of this game too i haven't been engrossed in a game like like this uh in a while but like most of that was like me in bed me chilling me me in positions that pc gaming does not allow yeah so this game I grows on you for you, so honestly. hard like it, it, it's a slow roll that just gets better and better i feel the more you play it we kind of like start on like what the game actually is uh hades is yeah. like you said it's, it's a roguelike we play as uh zagreus i think that is his name uh which is the yep. son of hades the lord of the underworld you're pissed off of being stuck in the underworld so you have to travel through i want i don't want to say the depths of hell or hades whatever it's called uh to get to the surface because you want to join the mortal realm and eventually uh reach your family which is you know the gods on mount olympus you know like zeus hermes uh and stuff like that so you ever see that like shitty movie from like the early 2000s the core where they had the like the plot was like they had to like drill to the core and set off a nuke because the earth oh was yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, it's basically it's just watch that movie in reverse and that's what this mo- this is <laughs> that's, um, that's like the worst description you could possibly give for a game like <laughs> I, this. Don't, I don't i don't like i don't know what the fuck <laughs> do i take from that but but yeah uh it's it's a roguelike beat em up uh you have a weapon it has multiple different types of attacks uh you could change out your weapon you could change out like some enchantments you have but the gist of it is that you could beat this game in one try. There are literally, yep. like, a, there's a speedrunning community of this game. You have everything you need to beat this game as soon as you start. As soon as you start. But the thing is, it's a very, very difficult game if you're trying Correct. to go about it that way. 
in fact, like near impossible for a first timer to beat this yeah, game without I, I any imagine. of the upgrades. The the whole plot of this game and you learning about why Hades is what it is, uh, why why the underworld is what it is, why why your dad makes certain decisions, why people in the underworld are making their decisions. You learn that through going through this this uh, trial to get to the surface and, and dying you're die multiple so times, so many times, over and over and over. Um, why you're getting help from your family members on Mount Olympus. So, you know, Zeus, you know, and stuff like that is going to be giving you buffs to augment your weapons, which I, I believe there's six or seven different weapons that each have like four different play styles for each weapons. Like, yeah, there's actually, limitless I, I'm going to correct builds. you there because I'm pretty sure technically there's seven weapons, but there was actually only one weapon. I, I tried using the other weapons and they all sucked compared to the first one I used. In my opinion. Okay, I'm going to just say that was the way I played. I was like, I, I got good I, with this I, weapon. I, so I tried playing three different weapons the last three i i did the bow the hand and the gun i think the gun is the best weapon in the game okay i mean i could i could see that honestly but the thing is uh the way this game works is it really rewards like skill and understanding how to like use a weapon to the fullest so like i just given that i never made it out of the underworld i'm trying on the weapon i'm most familiar with so i really only use one weapon this entire game what but, game? What but weapon? yeah the, the the thing is when you die you learn more about each one of these characters it basically gives you a trickle of information that like mm-hmm. it takes multiple attempts out of the underworld to get and with each death you retain some or i guess most of the power-ups you get in each of these trials so you're able to spend like this in-game currency on weapon upgrades you're able to like so you basically get stronger and stronger after every single you know trial you know that you're trying to get out and stuff like that you're gonna get farther every time maybe you'll get a uh get fucked over maybe get bad upgrades but you're gonna be stronger and stronger over time to the point where your average basically increases yeah yeah so it's like at first maybe you're not even getting to the first boss maybe you're dying at the first mini boss and then uh by the end of it every single round i was getting to um the third area final boss like consistently like every round so it's okay. like I, I wasn't getting quite. The, I've gotten to the third area final boss. The the two people. Let's yeah. just say that without. Spoilers. I beat them one time and then I got fucked over by the next zone. But I genuinely think I'm bad at this game, but I don't care because it's really fun. I, I think that this, this game is, is the way fun. you do a roguelike. So I the only other roguelike I really truly enjoyed was Binding of Isaac, which is another great mm-hmm. game. Uh, but where I see other roguelikes failing, where this game succeeds, is that this level of progression or not level this this method of progression where like you keep stuff from a previous attempt and like while it doesn't have that much of an impact on your next attempt you slowly get stronger and stronger over time so it's just like a feel real sense of like you being able to physically just get farther it feels so so good yeah but what i'm what i'm trying to say like exactly but like there's games like binding of isaac where you start every single round with from the same exact uh yeah from zero basically and like yeah if you have knowledge of like uh the certain types of enemies etc etc you will eventually get better but that's much of a like this game is a slow burn but that's a way slower burn where it's like you have to have an absolute mastery of every single thing in that game to really get anywhere and like when you die it's much more frustrating because you know that like oh i have to do everything all over again i think that this approach where like you feel a real sense of progress like it makes me feel good i like but to go on that like slow burn subject for a bit i personally like, I was worried from the past couple games that, like, I, like, legitimately have been, like, burned out from gaming because 
at the end of the day, yeah, I may have picked some games that were not great, but like even games that were good, like, we only wanted to play like two hours of them, right? Like not very yeah, much. yeah. But this took me out of that because like I was like I was actually feeling that like at the start, I'm like, eh, this game is very well received. Oh, but like the more I, I played, I the same way. like the more it captivated me. That really made me. I, happy I, I about would it. sit there thinking like, oh, uh, you know, it's like the same thing. I'm doing it over again, and it's like, uh, let me go one more round. Uh, let me go one more round. All right, let me go one more round. Like, I'm and the problem farther. with that is every single round gets longer and longer. So, like, you start yeah. out with, like, five-minute rounds. All of a sudden, oh, I'm going on a 30-minute Hades run. Well, it, right it's crazy. So, so like, how the uh, progression system and the physical uh, trials or whatever they're called go is basically as you're going through the different levels, each room will spawn random enemies all procedurally generated, and at the end of every room, you'll get an item based on, you know, the completion or whatever. Um, Whether that's a boon from one of the gods, you know, you might get some crit stuff, you might get, from Zeus, you get some, like, electricity stuff that's gonna augment your abilities to maybe your special shoots out uh, lightning stuff, or you'll get Poseidon, which makes all your abilities knock back. Mind you, his dash is the most broken shit in the entire fucking game. To make for some amazingly interesting different builds based on the weapon you choose based on the boons you get that's going to make your gameplay different every single time or if you like really like a build you can kind of like you know perfect it and strengthen it over time as well it's which is basically what i'm doing i i i I know what works for me and i'm just trying to use that to get further and further because I want to I, beat this game at least once before I. I, uh, I literally wish I was playing this game it. right now. Like I was playing this up until when we started the podcast. That's how much I liked this game. I played this game for nine hours yesterday, and I haven't played a game for nine hours in a very long time. I, the thing, the thing is, I, I mentioned like this is. I, I, I keep going back to this because like I feel, I feel weird to be this engrossed in a video game. Like it's been a very long time, and I want to just emphasize like this. It, I'm, I'm like living again in the world of gaming, but it feels good, right? Yeah, no, it definitely feels good. The thing that really pulled me in, I feel like at the beginning it is relatively slow from a gameplay standpoint, but like this game and the art style and the setting and like talking to the characters, there's a level of detail that just like makes you intrigued to continue. First of mm-hmm. all, we got to talk about this art style. This art style is very, very, very good. Oh, it's so good. It's I think it's kind of cel- it's like cell shaded almost, I want to say. I wouldn't sure that's what you would describe it as. I would call this like the Dark Souls of like Yoshi's Island. Uh, like <laughs> everything, everything has like. Everything has like these strokes around it, and they like yeah, look really just good. Gorgeous, but, like, it's, yeah. it's so shiny. It's, it's like looking at a pile of gold almost. Like it, it, it looks great. Have you seen the other games by this developer? Like I've always wanted I, to play Bastion. I, I, yeah, I, I looked at some of their other games. I never played them. Maybe we'll do Bastion in the future. Um, because if this game is as good as we both think it is, I imagine some of their other stuff that's been well received is probably just as fun. I think Bastion was about as well received with this game, but I just didn't have the audience because like it was their first game. Yeah. But I could be getting my history wrong. I will say, okay, back on the art style, looks beautiful. It's an isometric view, 2D top down. Mm-hmm. The question I have, is isometric ever good? Um, I don't mind it. It really depends. I think the angles in this work for the type of game, I don't really know how else they would have done it. Like, I don't think this would have done it if, like, the camera changed, like, depending on where you were looking, if it was, like, front-facing or anything like that. I, I think that how this game works, it the isometric serves it quite well. I agree that the game works as it is, obviously, but, like, I... I wonder how much isometric, like, hampers the game. Like, we we both are at this point where, like, the game is relatively perfect to us. So if we are trying to, like, 
think about this game with like any sort of like change. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do it, but I think that isometric generally gets in the way. Like it makes things hard to see. Well, yeah, because there gets to be corners like where you can't see enemies and stuff like that, which granted there are very, very few and far between times when that becomes a thing. Like if an enemy gets stuck on like the bottom left because you knocked them back or something like that, you might not be able to see projectiles coming at you. But it's like otherwise I feel like they had a lot of um, things in mind to combat that. For example, how like the pillars get destroyed and damage enemies. So they're not like blocking view and stuff like that. And you can kind of use that and the environment around we didn't even talk about how you can use the environment to like your advantage with like traps pillars and stuff like that like you hit some of the, you can drag enemies into traps or knock them in the tracks so they explode or get hit you know it's, it's it seems like every little thing as far as like the gameplay goes was just completely thought about yeah i agree with that i i think i'm just an isometric hater but yeah i mean like if we're talking about details like one of the real reasons why i think this game is like transcends a level from like good to great is the attention to detail like you you always hear like attention to detail what does it really mean in this case i think that there are certain games where dialogue ruins it and like you you would think like dialogue like especially in a game that's story driven like is the main point that people like go and say like oh this is a great game but like if it's not done even if it's done well but there's like a couple blips like it really takes you out of the experience yeah yeah, the dialogue I, here was really good. I felt like yeah, it made me yeah. really interested in the characters. Like it's basically all uh, is it, is this Roman or Greek mythology? I forget. I think it's Greek, Greek, right? It's Greek. Yeah, which is one of my favorite subject matters ever. I always thought that stuff was super super cool. So you're basically talking to all the gods. You're talking to like minor characters and stuff like that. To you know famous uh, heroes in the uh, mythos of you know Greek uh, topics and stuff like that. Um, it's just to get you fully engrossed, and every one is completely developed and as you play along you can develop uh, relationships and give them items to make the relationship with them stronger and uh, allowing them to give you more powerful buffs and boons when uh, you uh, encounter their buffs like out in the field like it's super cool that and you have this logbook where literally every single thing like your your interactions like you get like the story on each character but like what i was going to say regarding the dialogue is like each little thing is accounted for and like the the level of detail is insane because like you will get killed by an enemy and then you'll go back and then this one character will be like oh you got killed by this enemy why don't you do x and then it's like oh that makes sense uh yeah. and then you go back and like that enemy you'll kill them it's like oh this is revenge for last time like they thought of that oh but, yeah like, more importantly more importantly that's like cool the first time but i feel like even pro zd did a video on this where like if a if a character is like a repetitive line over and over again like it loses i don't the cool- remember a single repetitive line from this game yeah Literally none of the dialogue repeated itself the entire game. And that's crazy to me because that's like one of my main concerns in video games. I call like it's not it's not from Animal Crossing, but like I call it the Animal Crossing syndrome because when I'm playing Animal Crossing on Switch, one of the things that really takes me out of the game is I have multiple characters on my island with like the same personality type. And like, let's say let's say my jock buck says oh i'm doing squats in the forest and then like i have another jock on my island and he says like the literal exact same thing oh i'm doing squats in the forest that's not the actual line they use but like when you have the same dialogue repeated over and over again you're just reminded this is a video game this is programmed in this game has so much branching dialogue that that was never the case oh i just i'm so amazed by that like literally um like enemies will have different dialogue based on like the methods you use to get to them like for some of these later bosses they'll be like you'll have to fight like like 
maybe like that two boss on the third level spoiler you sometimes have to fight one of them as the mid boss and if you fight them and beat them a certain way they'll like make a callback to it that's different every single time you do the same thing i've never experienced in that game like you said it completely engrosses you in the world and you're not taken out of it by being like the same like haha you never thought i would do that type you know what i mean like the same fucking uh, tagline they do over and over yeah, it, it, even I when think you like enemy uh, got step, the point. Step back. <laughs> yeah, even when you step back and appreciate the the worlds in uh, there's like the hub before you actually physically start each uh, like area. Like uh, you can step back and kind of go to a corner and like do like an overview of everything. The, the dialogue's different every time there, and it's just I don't know, man. Like I said, I wish I was playing this game right now. That's how much I had fun, much fun I had with this. I I didn't think I would enjoy it this much, to be honest. Yeah, in fact, like I I spent a lot of the time in the hub world just enjoying myself trying to talk to everyone like trying to like like you could customize it too with like your gems it's it's really a fun experience and like on on your point of like i wish i was playing this game and you didn't expect to enjoy this as much like i always have an aversion to like it, it I, i'm a contrarian at heart like when i see a game has like these massively uh inflated review scores when it's like 9.5 out of 10 i'm like it can't be a 9.5 it's probably just really tickling yeah. the critics fancies but this game is so it's it's a very good video game i'm not gonna call it the best video game ever i don't know what makes that title but this is probably the best video game i've played on the podcast, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna actually say this is the best game I played on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's probably t- definitely top three for me as far as enjoyment. I'm so happy to hear that you enjoy this game. I was afraid that you weren't gonna enjoy it because I know, like, like these types of games, I feel could skew like slightly one way, and then you would just not like it. The the weird thing is, I don't generally like beat 'em ups. I was I was like yeah. kind of scared because of the beat 'em up genre is not really something I'm super into that I wouldn't like this game. But I I think this is the best game I played on the podcast. I'm willing to say that. I'm happy not necessarily because you enjoy the game but because you finally get to play the game because i feel like off podcast you've been like oh we should play hades oh we should play hades like for the past like four or five years yeah I, I, been i've been talking about like hades for a long time there's a couple other games i've talked about but like i i, I see myself you'll see those games later hopefully yeah, uh hopefully i i see myself like like even like this week i'm probably still gonna play this game more like this is like definitely um, it feels like a game that can be my go back to. Did you end up watching the speed run? I haven't because I want to actually get out of the underworld before I do it. I, okay. I so the thing is, I I spoiled myself. I spoiled myself, and that I saw a streamer I follow's title, and it was like trying to beat my PB of ten minutes and forty seconds or something like that. So I know it's a relatively short speed run, but that makes sense. You want you want to know what the world record is? I'm gonna. So before you tell me, I'm gonna guess six forty-five. It's like almost under five minutes. Okay, I'm not surprised. Yeah, because it's, it's not insane. only not only does like the whole factor of just like absolutely tearing through these rooms, like the reason why it takes me thirty minutes per uh, run is because I go to every single urn and I try to like get the bonus gold and yeah, stuff like that. I'm like, I do the I'm, same thing. I'm taking my sweet ass time. Like if you're not taking your sweet ass time, you can cut the time in half. But even then, like. I experienced like one or two random glitches. I bet they're this game is broken. I, I bet it is. I'm mean, not not to honestly. Fault people the developers. don't glitch it. I don't think like in any of the runs. I didn't see like any glitches. Just like straight up like because like we talked about like the slow roll progression system. Like we are probably like two percent through like the overall like as strong as you can get from this game and stuff like that. Yeah. There are these things called Titan Blood, which you can use to upgrade your weapons, and it's just like, oh so okay. You, I, have, I haven't really figured out how to use those actually. Yeah. So you you hit a right bumper on any of the weapons and then you can uh, upgrade them and change like each weapon has four different uh play styles so it's like each weapon has four different play styles on top of all the different boons that cause completely different boons 
uh, builds. So, for example, like um, Boone is what they call build in the game. He's not just like having a show. Well, yeah, Boone, Boone is like the uh, the buffs that like the gods give you or whatever. Um, yeah. So, for example, the one I used is I use the fist a lot. You know which one I'm talking about? You do like your your special is like the uppercut. Just because you like fisting doesn't mean you have to talk about it Listen, on the podcast. I love it. So, like one of the augmented skills is that um, instead of it just doing uppercut, it drags enemies into you and hit you hit them twice. Or, like, another one with the gun is that um, you'll hit twice really fast or something like that, but you ha- you reload slower or something like that. Like, it's just, like, huge build-changing things that just make it so much better. Also, there's, like, an endgame um, damage mechanic that I-, I don't know how to unlock or anything about it. So there's, like, so much progression in this game. It's, like, you- we could probably play this game for about 200 hours to unlock yeah, anything. Yeah, I-, I-, I... The... This game has a lot of stuff that's not necessary to beat it. Like, okay, the thing is, this game is like a completionist dream. Like, I know people who play this game, like, they've beaten this game multiple times, and it's just like they keep doing it because even even if you've beaten this game, there's this one character that you haven't upgraded your relationship with perfectly yet. You only have, like, you've only given them a couple nectars. Like, you... There's there's so many different ways to, like... And it's just fun up- to try out builds. Yeah, that's that's also true, but... But you look, the only game I could think of that, like, is similar to this is Baba is You. If you remember looking at, like, the, I'm not sure if you ever looked at this, but, like, how long to beat is, like, oh, three hours to beat the game. Ten hours if you're, like, uh, trying to do the extras. Yeah, completionist, 300 yeah. hours if you're a completionist. Like, Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ. Christ. Yeah. And, and, like, this, is this game is similar, where I think it's about, it's about 20 hours if you want to beat the game. Or it's, it's somewhere around there, like, 20, 25. But then it's, like, 40 hours if you're a completionist, and then it's, like, an, an additional, like, something else if, if you, What's if the you farthest really want to get everything. I told you, I told you, man. The, you, so boss. you got to the, the last boss of the third world? Yeah. Okay, so... Twice. You said you weren't upgrading weapons. You are probably missing out on about 50% of your damage. Okay, that's probably it. Can I talk about a build that I've been using? All right, sure. So the one I like the most is I use the gun, which it's special is it shoots like a like a grenade off the top of itself into a radius, and then you just, uh, your uh, regular attack is just a gun. By the way, did you use charged shot ever? I never use the charge shot with, like, the diamond or whatever. Are you saying you never use the B button? Yeah, I, like, never use it. Oh, I, I, I almost entirely use that. Really? Well, there's... The thing that, the thing that shoots out the diamond? Yeah. Oh, I never really used it. Because uh, there's a power-up where, like, if, if there you have a diamond in them, it's just, like, 70% more damage. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, semantics. yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, But, like, the build that I use, what it would do is it takes away 30% of my special damage, but it makes it spread out five times. No one uh, knows what you're talking about right now. Basically, he's making his power-up go boom boom yeah it explodes up super much and then i make it all electrified so when it goes it explodes and does electricity all over everybody and then i use poseidon's dash which when i dash through people they explode i augment that so i'm basically just like diving at all times and just augmenting my crit damage and just uh i could i could gush about this game it's so much fun like yeah that's the fucking problem because like this is what happens like this is why i didn't play hades until now it's because like everyone's like oh hades is so great and then no one actually explained to me why hades is great they just said, oh, it's so great. I put my build on my beer and then I hit the button and then they, the ult happens and the enemy go boom, boom. Play this game. Yeah. Here is the virtual homework plead to play this game. The reason why you want to play this game is because it is $25. It is not a $60 game. It yeah. has many, many hours of enjoyment with a beautiful art style. If you are into indie games at all, you will probably be interested in this game. 
it doesn't matter that this game is a beat-em-up. You will enjoy it even if it's not a beat-em-up. If you like a game like Binding of Isaac, which is another roguelike indie darling, you will love this game more than Binding of Isaac. I'm willing mm-hmm. to say that much. The reason why people love this game is due to the attention to detail, due to the story, due to the plot, due to all this shit coming together to make a perfect experience. Can you think this of any is... negatives other than the isometric? I just I just generally don't like games set in ITMS. isometric plane. I think that's more of a me thing than this game. Um, things that I don't like about this game. I mean, I would say it has a relatively slow start, but I mean, I obviously got past that. But would I, I get past that, that if it wasn't for, for the podcast? I don't know. So much. I think that builds for you enjoying it so much more, though. Like the fact that it has a slow start, you notice like through your first run, oh, you like die right away, and then the next run you get like slightly farther. It's like addicting. True, but like that's like saying I, what doesn't I, kill you makes you stronger. Like you still got maimed before you really got into it you know it's true well i'm happy you enjoyed this game i was afraid that you wouldn't so well i don't know i'm always afraid that like if a game is like i always try to play like really like gamery shit you know like star sector or like really yeah, like well, fucking like call like, of duty su- 4 yeah like super in- f- fuck you uh <laughs> like super in-depth games and I- i'm just happy you enjoyed this game i th- that just goes to show how good of a game is if, if casual, would, would like- you call this game next fucking level um no, I mean, I just think it's a masterclass in not too in-depth. Like, it, it, it doesn't go too in-depth. I think that's what uh, serves to make it such a good game, because I've played a lot of roguelikes where it's just, like, too, too much. Like, too much weapon, too much customization, too much this, too much that. This just finally uh, points down what it needs to do, and there's, like, no fluff or bullshit with it. Like, So, so you wouldn't, like, hypothetically, if no one had done this before, you wouldn't post this on r slash next fucking level on Reddit? No. You wouldn't say this is next fucking level? No. Literally a dude holding up a sign that says, like, racism is bad. That's next fucking level. (laughs) People on the internet are uh, uh, stupid. Next fucking level is the worst subreddit of all time. Like, I literally see, because I I browse Reddit, I go to my subreddits, and then because I want to get really angry at the world, they go to r slash all, which is just a bunch of people posting stupid memes. I love memes, don't get me wrong, but these are, like, dumb memes. These are, like... Someone upvoted my post in five minutes. Thank you, Keanu Chungus. And I'm like, this is, this is I want to die. I want to well, fucking like next die. Next fucking level, it's like it's like a like a six year old like you know failing a, the easiest chart on Glitar Hero, and someone's like, this is next fucking level. Look how she good got ten percent. But no, it's not even that. Like, okay, let's let's go to let's go to r slash next fucking level right now because I have to sh- <laughs> like I I have been so genuinely upset by okay. The, the thing I remember, there was someone posted, I drew this drawing of Thanos, and I'm like, this is a cool drawing of Thanos, it's not next fucking level, this is just, like, it's I, like it gets like 20k upvotes, right? It's like, it's oh, like my, this... my eight-year-old drew this picture of a cat, and it's like, it's an alright cat, but like, Jimmy's ne- Cleaners, if you are unemployed and need an outfit cleaned, I will clean it for an interview for free, that's 90,000 upvotes, I mean, like, that, I, like, that's nice of you, Jimmy. Thank you for not, cleaning unemployed next people's fucking jackets. Level would be That's like not you, next fucking level. Next fucking level is like some dude grinding a rail on the moon. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like like breathing not, underwater or like, you know, like living yeah. a stab in the face. It's like, supposed to be dope shit, not like wholesome memes. Like, that's all I'm saying. I'm just so sick of it. Like half these posts are drawings. The other stuff is like... Well, the, the, the next thing that they hate, should I hate the most is like... Oh, no one liked my picture my my daughter drew. Maybe Reddit will and it's like a masterpiece. It's like all right, like like my yeah. wife doesn't think she's good at art. Like look at look, look at this and it's like 
a masterpiece. Yeah, it's it's like literally the Mona Lisa. <sighs> I'm just so upset at next fucking level, and I really needed to get that off my back. The other thing I have to get off my back, really, it's more of an apology than anything. Uh-oh. I am a misinformation machine. I I keep thinking back whenever like I edit the podcast, and I'm like, oh, did I did I like say what I really needed to say on that subject? And the answer is always no. In fact, What'd like ninety percent of the time, I bring up a subject. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't really make the point I wanted to make before I brought up the subject. That's different than actually just straight up spewing misinformation. There's this one article that like specifically talked about Joe Rogan and like misinformation coming from podcasts. And I think about it like every day before I go to sleep as I have a nightmare about all the people I misinformed. But I we were talking yesterday, not yesterday, last podcast about ninja's chat behavior or sorry, uh, like not ninja's chat behavior, ninja's uh, like stance on parenting and how like, oh, Uh-oh. he's not the one to teach about like racism being good and like how... Like, he has to not constantly talk, or he doesn't want to have to constantly talk about, like, racial issues to, like, acknowledge that he is really, like, uh, like, not racist. And, like, that was a part of it, but that was a significantly smaller part than the main argument of that, of that article. The, the whole article was talking about Ninja saying he has moderation in his chat, but people were criticizing his chat for, like, people who are racist not getting uh, banned fast enough because like people in Twitch chat are terrible people and like people yeah, are, like it's they like see the, a, they like, see a black person and they just they spam, spam try like hard. try hard or something like that and he was saying like it's not my job to teach racism like they will get banned it when we see them but like I personally, I am not a racist and I can't just like constantly be on chat or to be like, you guys need to be better. Like it's up to the parents of these children to like tell them not to spam tryhards in chat when they see like a person. Of color I, I think it'd like be that. a little bit of both. It's like when you have like a hundred pe- thousand people in your chat, I, you, you, you would have a hundred mods. You're not getting every single thing, you know, like the people in these articles, they're going to point out like the, the, the two people that get through, they're not looking at like the 90,000 people that that get fucking timed out for being stupid and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely two parts. One, I think that uh, a Twitch chat, to a certain extent, is 100% a... uh, To a certain extent is 100%. Those don't go together. But to a certain extent is definitely up to the streamer like i see Absolutely. people with toxic chats and i see people with non-toxic chats with the same amount of viewers or people with a toxic chat with 10 times less the viewers than a person with a non-toxic chat it's yep. about whatever you're able to tolerate but that goes away when you have as many viewers as ninja i feel like that that point like really what can go through can go through but like yeah if if your child is like one of these stream monsters spamming racism like that is probably a failure in parenting i'll say yeah. that much well maybe they time traveled from 2007 maybe maybe because we we were like talking before the podcast on like this one prank call video regarding a bare naked lady's song lyric and it was like damn the internet was racist and uh <laughs> anyway yeah like i don't know it's definitely not a situation where uh ninja is entirely to br- blame for a racist chat but he probably could do better i don't well, I, ninja. I would He's like to think ninja. someone in his playing... caliber is is doing like everything he can to like moderate his chat like i imagine i like i know a lot of the top end people they pay their like moderators like a living wage to moderate their chat like yeah yeah i every human could be better but like i think it's a much more reasonable to ask him to like moderate his chat than than moderate like he, we know Ninja's not racist. Oh no, I, I I'm I'm saying he is moderating his chat. It just people are taking the snippets of like shit that gets through, or maybe like maybe someone just takes a screenshot of it and then they get timed out. Like I would like to think like they're actively trying to like censor that shit. They're not just letting everybody. This is like the, this is like the situation that led to the apocalypse, where like people were like screenshotting like the the 
very rare racist uh video with like a coca-cola ad like yeah. it's just like oh this one racism got through no what i like i we're on the same page i'm i'm genuinely trying if there's one thing that a human being could improve on i think it is like making their chat better versus like literally oh, not I, having to I, constantly disavow racism agree. i 100% agree that a streamer's chat is an extension of themselves a lot of the time and that okay. you have a you have a lot of uh leeway in how your chat acts like like you said earlier a lot of like the most toxic uh chats it's because the streamer is either toxic themselves or it allows it to some certain degree because like you said like you can look at like let's say like uh i know trump uh the uh Hearthstone streamer he doesn't have a very toxic jesus chat, why use trump i know that trump does not have a toxic chat that's just gonna confuse people gonna get political just say trump literally, sc or whatever his name is i forget i thought you were leading up and going in like i know trump and his following is relatively toxic i mean an insurrection is one thing yeah, yeah anyway donald trump is a fucking hearthstone streamer now yeah that'd be that'd be that would <laughs> that actually really be suck amazing. for trump SC. it would okay it would be amazing for like reasons but like i'm just like thinking about uh trump sc and how much that would suck for him if all of a sudden oh, yeah. the former president started streaming. I actually I think he's banned, so that's not going to happen. Good, yeah. good for good on Twitch for for letting yeah, Trump SC have streaming a like career. Fortnite or like what if it like like Trump's son starts like trying to stream? You think like he just get Eric? memed on to like yeah he gets like memed on no uh, Baron Trump like the little kid that's like Baron. 15. Oh my God, maybe I mean like, like we he, don't like he's probably he's a, a gamer. I'm not going to get into the gaming status of Baron Trump, but I mean if we're talking <laughs> about like important streamers. Have you seen that partnered streamers have, like, gone into, like, their ivory tower, like, a little bit? I mean, it, it's, from what I understand, they don't get ads anymore, which... Yeah, that's pretty much it's it. It's kind of nice, but... No, no, it's 100% nice, and I don't think it's a problem being a perk on Twitch, but, like, I think that the way they went about this is so dumb. Because, yeah, sure, like, you are going to treat the partners on your platform better than, than the non-partners. That's Absolutely. just how it is. But... They forget how small of an audience partners is, and like they're announcing this like this is a massive feature. Like I know one of the Twitch, the the one of the main Twitch devs was tweeting like, "Oh, partners no longer have ads uh, when they're on Twitch." And like first of all, like half the people misinterpreted this as like, "Oh, if you're watching a partner streamer, I no longer see ads." Amazing. And then they had to clarify, "No, if you're a partnered streamer and you're watching Twitch, this then you just like no longer see ads." Zero point zero zero one of people like on Twitch that this affects. Like, but like, they could they could have just sent out an email to yeah they really should have they shouldn't and have just put like a, a minor tweet like they didn't need to make like a whole rollout thing like it's, look at this awesome feature it's like no no what i, what I think should have happened was that uh because like this was already tweeted out by like slasher anyway it should have been emailed to partners hey it's like hey this is a new perk slasher would have been like partners have gotten email saying they no longer see ads on twitch and people are like oh that's that makes sense and then that would be the end of it instead we have a situation where like twitch officially announced this and you have a bunch of partners retweeting oh this is amazing and then like people are like looking at this at least i was looking at this like okay fuck you too man like you don't yeah. have to brag about not seeing ads on twitch it's kind of tone deaf yeah like, come it, on. it, it kind of comes off like i understand they're happy about it which they have every right to be i think that i think that they deserve not to pay it if they're like a partner and stuff like that um but it's just how many times over and over can twitch be like completely fucking missing the the mark on shit like i i think the funniest thing is with their purple backgrounds with um if you're using like stream embeds or something like that oh like, on yeah the, on the official like dota website basically the the way that twitch has been trying to combat ad blocker is that when you start a stream and then 
every 15 minutes or so, there's like a 30 second thing that says, uh, you're using a third party tool to block ads. This actually affects performance. Please turn it off. And that makes sense on Twitch as a platform. But like if you're embedding Twitch, like if you're like a charity like Games Done Quick trying to do a stream on Twitch, that significantly affects like your ability to get viewers. So it's there's. Uh, it's like embeds on like you know esports websites like the official dota website where a lot of people like watch shit or like like esports tournaments where they have like live shit it's just like awful like there's just like that purple screen twitch Uh, is somehow they make terrible decisions like literally when every single time it's like we could either like have a kind of good pr situation or we could like make it way worse they choose the latter like i i don't really get it i mean if we're gonna talk about streamers even even Still, like, did you see the Leffen drama? I think you did. <laughs> I don't even think it's fucking drama. I think it's, it's completely not. reasonable. Like, so basically, this, this what's another situation, is... kind of like the ninja situation, where we're yeah. We're so basically, what happened is uh, Leffen, he's a fucking uh, Super Smash Brothers god. If you know, if you're in the community, if you know anything about it, you know who he is. Basically, he's charging three hundred fifty dollars for lessons. It's kind of unclear of how long that time frame is. But people are like completely freaking out on him, saying like, "Oh, I can't believe you're charging so much for lessons." It's like my mentality is he's a fucking professional. How much do you think like Serena Williams or like any like professional sports person is going to charge for like an hour of their time, like thousands of dollars? So, so I read that it was three hundred fifty dollars a session, and a session was just a session. Like it wasn't like an hour. It was just like like what per pop but it was most likely much longer than an hour so like it would probably equate to like maybe half that but yeah like even an hour that's a good price yeah even if it was 350 dollars an hour like i if you're literally being trained by like a top 10 and if you're like if tom brady's like uh 350 dollars an hour i'll teach you football it's like oh that's a good deal like it's basically the same thing like there are people are like, oh, you're teaching video games like you you can't do this. Well, like people's literal entire lives are devoted to Smash. Oh yeah, if you want to learn from just the best, under, you're gonna this have is people to... undervaluing um esports. Yeah, and it's really one of these situations where I feel people like just really want to get upset on Twitter, and that's really it. Yeah, I mean that's all it is. Like, like oh this is shit. It's like why not? He could have just not done it at all, but he did it. I, I think he has every right to. Yeah, like three hundred fifty dollars an hour from like the a top like player in any given game. I think that's worth every fucking penny. Now, this was admittedly a lot less of a discussion discussion point than than I thought it would be. I thought we'd be able to talk about this for longer. But if we want to get into drama, because uh-uh. the whole point of this podcast is content and if we this don't have things to be upset about, then there's really no point to talking at all. Did you see the news regarding speedrun.com? Well, I, 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 I did see it to some extent. It's something like um, the Mega Man community, they wanted to have their their leaderboard taken off it, correct? Because they wanted to have it on their own website. But if someone like wanted to have it, then they, they couldn't do anything about it. What happened with speedrun.com is that speedrun.com was no longer uh, owned by a single entity, Pac, who is a cool guy from Ireland. Pac made speedrun.com. Pac's chillin' with speedrun.com trying to make a global centralized leaderboard and what he ran into was that there were multiple communities specifically the donkey kong country and Mega Man community that were like hey i like what you're trying to do with speedrun.com i like that all these leaderboards in one place but we have had our own established leaderboards on our own separate places donkey kong country had a wiki where they had their leaderboards and Mega Man has their own website where they have the leaderboards we don't want to use speedrun.com because we have so much history and so much functionality on these websites so can you not have Mega Man and Donkey Kong Country uh, leaderboards? These are separate communities. And Pac was like, sure. And so each one of these separate communities, instead of really having a board, they link to their own separate communities. If you search Mega Man, it's like Mega Man leaderboards are on 
on this website. Go here, and then yeah. it will redirect to the Mega Man. But now, like boards. anyone can have them on those websites now, and they won't remove them, right? Yeah. So um, eventually, Donkey Kong Country, because of the popularity of Speedrun.com, and I think the waning popularity of the Donkey Kong Country boards, they decided to merge and put their runs on on Speedrun.com. But Mega Man was still holding true. Flashback to a couple months ago, speedrun.com was bought by uh, a, a gaming company that I think they own some league website or Dota website. They 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 own some esports related content, so it makes sense that they bought speedrun.com for an undisclosed sum. Pack is probably vacationing in in the Bahamas right now. I mean, he he probably. is an international traveler. I mean, like he deserves it. People were worried, but like they were pretty cautiously optimistic due to the fact that like there were actually like improvement upgrades and like a lot of cool features added. Well, but good, recently they've come under fire for unlinking the Mega Man boards with uh, Speedrun.com. So Speedrun.com has its own Mega Man boards. People could submit to it if they want. It's under no authority uh, compared to the uh, Mega Man boards on the wiki. I mean, the thing is, like, it's under some authority. Like, there's definitely still mods there. I don't know who the mods are compared to the Mega Man website, but it's coming under fire because... The whole point of speedrun.com, while it's a global leaderboard, the level of autonomy given to a community was like the reason why it was so successful because each community could moderate their own stuff. Uh, you generally don't but need... But now there's like the separate, like two separate communities almost, like individually moderating and it kind of like is fucking everything up, right? I wouldn't say it's fucking everything up because like it's still the Mega Man community uses their own community, but it's definitely causing confusion because it's like, where should I submit my run if you're a complete newbie? I think that, so this is like, you could have your own opinions. I'll, I'll go go first, uh, but I, I definitely think that this is something that is overblown in the only com- in the community. I think that... The only person who agrees with me is Andrew G. So shout out to Andrew G. You actually agree with me here. The community has a right to be upset that speedrun.com is uh, like really causing confusion and fracture in the Mega Man community. But I think speedrun.com is 100% in the right. Like they shouldn't really need to make exceptions when their goal is a globalized speedrun leaderboard. Yeah. If they want to have things globalized, they need to allow all games on their platform. And it's one of these things where if you build it, they will come. If people want to use speedrun.com, which has a They're lot of it. usability, a lot of features that people already recognize compared to an offsite leaderboard, then they are willing or they're welcome to use speedrun.com if they choose. If they want to use the Mega Man wiki because of the history, because of the extra functionality, they are also able to do that. It's really up to the community to decide whether or not they want to be on speedrun.com because speedrun.com does not have to cater to them. Speedrun.com no. is its own thing. Like, what come on. What it sounds like to me is, and this is from coming from someone that completely separated from the whole matter, um, it sounds like the people that were handling the wiki are just pe- uh, pissed off they're not in power anymore about it. The thing is, I wouldn't say that much because... The people who were in power on the wiki could 100% be transferred to moderators on the speedrun.com board. Sure, it's a little less power. Would would they be, though? No, they. I mean, they, they wouldn't 100% be, but, like, I, I think that given the community, like, the people who are in charge of the board would be facing a massive up... Like, it. I they would be, uh, because because the community ultimately decides the say the the say in the moderators if, yeah. if the moderators would refuse to add certain people they would get the site admins involved and the, the site admins would probably side on the side of the moderators etc so, etc et so, so, well so you're saying if these people from the wiki came to the admins of speedrun.com and said hey you need to make every single one of us admins because we already have an outside leaderboard they would cave into that i think they would in most circumstances like if, if i don't think so no i i 100 think so because i think i think that uh like 
there, there's been many situations where the leaderboards have not been properly maintained or like have been maintained by people who are not like super into the community and like they the the site admins on speedrun.com in the past have like added well-known uh moderators in the community to the speedrun.com leaderboards but let me ask you was that before the mer- the ownership was changed or after um this is something so even though the ownership has changed uh speedrunner.com has its own set of full moderators that are able to mod every single game and those those have not changed so i i don't think that'd be an issue but like yeah sure there is a power dynamic at play people want being decentralized uh or being being on a different platform allows them to do their own things that aren't uh on speedrun.com i think Uh, it's conducive to having like a less uh, populous community if you're like on some other random platform like forums and uh, specific like websites aren't really a thing anymore the more centralized you are the more people you're gonna have in on your thing you know yeah websites just don't exist because reddit yeah it's just like oh instead of making my one-off website it's on reddit now but yeah like i i think that if speedrun.com wants to complete their mission of having a standardized speedrun community they they should definitely do what they did now is that gonna piss off the Mega Man community and if i was part of the Mega Man community would i probably be pissed yes but I do not fault speedrun.com for doing what they're doing. If the Mega Man community truly wants to be separate from speedrun.com, they will be separate. But if the speedrun.com leaderboard is more attractive to the community, people will go there. And I'm sure the people who love the speedrunning uh, wiki for Mega Man will hate that change. But there's a reason why speedrun.com is so popular. Like, literally people from board to board understand what's going on. They understand the process. Like, speedrun.com works very well as a moderating... Uh, mechanism so i am personally not on the side that most people are like be the change i I say this a lot but be the change you wish to seek or be the change you seek (laughs) and we're just gonna keep going okay we got a lot of topics tonight and we're gonna get through all of them okay okay we're not skipping shit I think I think we've covered the speedrun.com drama a little bit. I think I think we both understand what's going yeah, on there. Let's, but let's, let's get a little bit less drama. Let's get some positive news. One of something that's kind of more in my literally realm none of the internet. Of, literally none of this news I think is positive. What do you mean? Uh, so I, the, I'm looking at every single thing we have on this list. Shut the fuck and like, up. Okay, there's one thing. Okay, never mind. I found it. I, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. No, so I play Blizzard games. I love World of Warcraft. love Blizzard games. BlizzCon, uh, BlizzCon Online was announced for the end of February. You don't have to pay for it. It's completely free, but you can pay to get some cool in-game items relevant to BlizzCon, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, BlizzCon, as you know, Sam's favorite convention. It's one of my favorite things. I look forward to it every year to see what BlizzCon uh, Blizzard is coming out with. But I think it's kind of cool that we can watch it for free this time. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't give a shit about watching it. I never watched it before I actually went. And like, I the fact that I'm not going makes me sad. But I I personally, I'm applauding the fact that they're not making Blizzard. Uh, so the thing is, they had the event. And then like, for some reason, they were able to get away with charging like 30 bucks to watch a virtual convention to see like all oh, the news. Oh, it was fucked. The, the BlizzCon virtual ticket. I'm happy they're making it free this year. I, I bet they're happy that they're probably saving a decent amount of money. They're probably losing a bunch of money on contracts that were unfulfilled because of COVID. But yeah, BlizzCon line coming February 26th, I think. Uh, there is some in-game stuff you could buy. I think that most people aren't buying them because they're like multi-game packages. Like you get a bunch of stuff in like WoW and Hearthstone and like Heroes of the Storm and like no one no one plays all the Blizzard games. That would be too much of a no lifing. So that's I too personally many games. Yeah, I personally don't know anyone who's uh, who's doing that. I'm a little upset because they haven't announced a BlizzCon exclusive Hearthstone card back. Maybe I'm just not they in did, the loop. Though. 
I also haven't gotten a Hearthstone card back in so long because I only put Battlegrounds now. They literally now. announced that, like, there's, like, multiple, I think. Well, then you fuck get. you. I can actually tell you exactly. Misinformation cast, part two. This entire podcast is misinformation pass. Misinformation pass? Is that, like, the new movie pass? No, I lied. There is no, you don't get a new back. There we go. You just get, you just get Misinformation packs. cast, Wait, the, anyway. The, it's actually fucking awful. So for $20, you get 10 of the new packs. For $40- No, I never said they were a good deal. They're not a good deal, and it's also, like, multiple games, so it's, it's- Well, it's like, uh, if you only play one of them, it's really not worth the money. Like, I'm basically paying- Sixty to uh, forty dollars for a mount, which I'm probably gonna do because I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, you're a piece of shit, Blizzard cuck. Well, I am looking forward to the event. I'm looking forward to the Blizzard gear because usually there is actually something cool from BlizzCon. Uh, I, I, the thing I love about BlizzCon is like the the fact that like the community like all is into the same thing. So like I'm able to like really make friends with anyone there, and the fact that the entire event is open container, so you're able to just like walk around with the beer. That's pretty great. Uh, or an adios because that's what they have there. I will say, uh, one of the other things I enjoy is buying merch I never use. Uh, I, I, I usually get like a signed print for free, which is great. And I, I'll frame that. That's actually worth something and that's free. And then like last year I bought this Hearthstone backpack. It's the most piece of shit backpack I've ever used. It's like small, doesn't have a zipper. It has like a belt loop and it's terrible so i i ended up having <laughs> it's to, just like kind of cool shit but at the same it, time it, it really looks like a hearthstone anything. card and like it literally is the least functional backpack i've ever used it looks the, cool though you can let everybody know at your school that you're a hearthstone game i mean i literally just bought a new backpack because they're like the actual good backpack brand was on sale anyway i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say who they are i'm not willing to to get sponsored by by backpacks here i do think that if BlizzCon was happening for real, I'd buy some more useless shit, but I'll only look at the useless shit this time. The only thing I'm looking for in the Blizzard store, like, they have some Hearthstone uh, face masks, and they look pretty cool. They have Consumer some, like, World cast. Warcraft ones that look kind of cool, Consumer but like, cast! BlizzCon and Blizzard store has some dope shit. They have some dope figurines. Like, I know I've linked some of those Diablo art prints that I definitely want when I get my own place. Like, I'm fucking super psyched for that kind of stuff but i i will else, say that what else you, you got that's based on shit that's shut down based that shit that's shut down like we could have a corona cast but like before we get off the subject of merch you specifically said that you wanted to talk about a t-shirt i recently bought before the podcast <sighs> you got a juicy j shirt from the stay fly music video how do you even find that shirt i searched green sh- green skull shirt from stay fly music video <laughs> And he bought it in an XXL. Yeah. Anyway, when we eventually do video podcasts, which is like never, you're going to see me in an XXL t-shirt looking gangsta. And that's all you need to know. Your babe? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I would like on to anything else. Oh, actually, speaking of babe, speaking of Asia, there we go. That's the transition we needed. (laughs) That's the transition we needed. What's your what's your thoughts on Steam coming to China? I know, um, you, I know you think about, like, the uh, Chinese gaming market all the time. I mean, I think it's kind of cool that they have more access to games. My understanding that it's super um, limited, like, everything has to get, like, gone through to see, like, what they can have on there. But uh, they're transferring all accounts there. Like, you can play all your current games, stuff like that. You don't have to worry about having to create new accounts. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of new players inside of games that previously maybe weren't there. Yeah, I mean, like, I this is weird to me because I remember I would go to Wang Ba's like every single week. That's Wang Ba's an internet cafe in China, and there would basically be a client where it's like, oh, you could choose between twelve games, and it's like one of them is Maple Story, one of them is League, et cetera, et cetera. I'm surprised that like this is happening, not because like uh like an information leakage 
standpoint. Like people always like fear like, oh, in, the Internet's getting less and less closed in China. They're going to be able to find out about Tiananmen Square, etc. First of all. Every single person I knew that I was able to have a conversation with is because this is this is also a scenario where you you kind of got to vet a person before you talk about anything that's like anti-government. Like every single person I knew that I was able to have a conversation with this, they know about all this shit. It's just they, yeah. they don't want to talk about it because they are extremely fearful of their government. So um, there's that's a so I don't I don't think like the the air, the issue of information getting out is really that much because like people it's not about the information getting out the information is it's about out. control is people it? literally in Pyongyang people literally in North Korea like know about North Korea sucking it's just that like they also are so fearful of their government that they don't want to speak out it's a similar situation just a little less can I bring less up reserved. another topic on uh, government tyranny. No, because I'm not done with my China rant. The reason why I don't think that this was a smart decision from uh, China's aspect is that, like, they have such a control on their own economy that I'm very surprised that this happened. Riot Riot already has a massive, massive, massive stake in the Chinese gaming space. And the fact of the matter is, like, China loves to basically take something that's great in the u.s or western uh or countries and make their own so you see this happening yeah. with live stream services you see this happening with youtube uh or literally like twitter etc like mobile games and stuff like that yeah mobile games etc uh so i'm surprised they're letting in a competitor because it just doesn't make sense from a financial standpoint i mean it makes sense from a freedom standpoint that's pretty chill maybe they just want to be like yo we're china we're cool the thing the 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 one thing i'm thinking is that like china more than like every other nation I've seen is like heavy into esports because like China, like a lot of other regimes that are relatively totalitarian, they place a lot of emphasis on like people winning shit from there. So like you saw when uh uh Lion Lion Hearthstone, Lee Hearthstone, uh Chinese uh woman was the first woman to win the Hearthstone uh championship at BlizzCon last BlizzCon and it was actually amazing to watch like I I thought she played masterfully it was actually very exciting but even regarding the, or regardless of the exciting gameplay like she was a woman and she was the first Chinese national to win it was like amazing and like China ate it up China loves positive press in the esports realm so like they're pretty heavy i could see them like wanting to be badasses at dota maybe that's it but i don't know the people who are like good at dota haven't they played dota for like 15 years yeah it's a problem with like any game out there it's like it's impossible to get good at because everyone who's been playing it forever is already good yeah so. that's, that's why like people love fortnite and like apex legends because it's like those are new games it's well, people, they're not but new games stop. anymore i'm booming i'm booming so speaking of government tyranny uh <laughs> It's actually a funny topic. So apparently in France, there was an 81-person orgy that they decided to close down due to COVID concerns. <laughs> I mean... They're stomping like, on people's rights. About, stomping on people's rights. I mean, when you think about social distancing and think about what that means. Six feet... This is social insertion. It was six, six feet is not like literally like... This is, a, this is more than six people. feet. This is like... We're not... It's, it, there's, there's, it's not about there's feet 80, in There's people. actually... What's 81 times two? That's how many feet are there. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> I feel like this is not even that big of a story because, like, you hear this happen, like, time after time. Well, I, like, I, there was this, like, massive, like, political scandal in Poland where, like, uh, one of the people high up was, like, caught trying to run away from, like, a 21-person gay orgy. I mean, that's a little different because, like, yeah, there's a whole social distancing 
Well, I, uh, I don't even th- like take aspect, away the pandemic yeah, aspect. They're like, super who wants to have sex with eighty-one people at once? That sounds awful. It sounds awful for you, but you're obviously not part of the in crowd. You're were you were you cool in high school? <laughs> I was not eighty-one person orgy cool. Yeah, you weren't exactly like you. You were not the person they would invite to their orgies ten years later. We're not talking about like we're we're talking about future orgies in, in your hypothetical high school uh, life, but. <laughs> You were probably not in the orgy crowd. I know when I say orgy crowd, he's like, he's like, how did, he's like, please stop this. I, we're talking, to, we're not talking in that time. I'll we're talking about the people who turned to that. I, I guess let's, it's official here. I'll never be part of the, of the orgy crowd. Hey, buddy. Yo, was that a fucking good episode or what? (laughs) Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you did like it. All right, here's what you're going to do. Five stars Apple podcast. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Go to Spotify. Get all your friends and make them subscribe. Gunpoint. Basically, whatever you can do to make this podcast successful, we don't care what it is. We don't care what the means are. Thanks, gamers. Uh, What he said, but slightly less aggressive and more loving.